Our first reading reminds us that, uh, uses that marvelous analogy, this is Isaiah the 55th chapter, that the Lord's water brings forth seed and crops and bread eventually. And uh, that fruitfulness, so too, then that's verse 10, 55, 10, 55, 11, the other half of our reading, so too the word of God, word goes forth from God's mouth to be fruitful, to be fruitful as well. And that's important to think about the fruitfulness of the word of the word of God. Today's gospel, the 13th chapter of Matthew, reminds us, reminds us of the way Jesus taught, the parables he used, almost analogies, you might say. And uh, we often think of failure in the matter of the, for instance, using the analogy of the seed, it must be the fault of the seed, the stuff didn't grow. But Christ makes the exact opposite point. All of the seed is fine. There's not good seed and bad, so it all comes from, it's all great, the Word of God, His teaching, the gospel, the good news. But it's the soil that's the obstacle, or fruitful, as the case may be. And so he uses that as the analogy where, for instance, it might land on a pavement, asphalt, whatever. And so therefore, there's no place for it to grow at all. And so sometimes you find resistance. It can be resistance in the sense of people just resist anything. They say, you know, look at how important it is to learn to read, how people who can't read would love to. And yet, according to the stats, in a year, only half of the people in the country read a book. People elsewhere would love to be able to read. People know how to read, don't do it. People would love to vote, can vote, but don't do it. You get the idea. So simply a no from the other side. Not the fault of the seed, but where it lands, where it lands, the cohort the cohort where it lands. And then the second case, it has, uh, it lands in a place where there's little soil for it to strike root, create roots. That's the very beginning, and then after that you get the plan. And uh, there's not enough soil for that to work. You know, I often see the matter of uh, people taking trouble to have the kids baptized, getting them to church every Sunday. You know, people say, do you have a baptismal prep? I say, yes. Now there is, are many parishes, we can do it, a Jordan course for 40 minutes, once a month. And what you find is that half the people come 20 minutes late and half the people leave 20 minutes early. I don't even object to that. My question is, how in 40 minutes do you mention the whole of the Christian life? Much less baptism, sacraments, and everything else. Are you with me? And therefore, people go to church every Sunday, know everything. And in a sense, they don't need a Jordan class. I'm happy to point out the section of the catechism, be with them, walk them around the church, point out things that, are, that should be known to tell the kid, but one in a way would have hoped they've done that earlier. So the matter of shallow roots, at times I have a baptism and uh, in contrast where people take the trouble in their busy schedules to have the kids baptized, even to see for confirmation, good luck there with that particular adolescent battle, I wish you well, but where they, um, I'll be doing baptism here and I'll be doing a blessing and there's cousins and siblings along and one cohort of kids won't know to bless themselves. So kiddingly, lightheartedly, I'll get them all lined up along the altar rail there you know, because I'm not going to try to explain left hand, right hand. You can do that if you want to. And uh, they're all backed up to the there, and we'll practice doing the sign of the cross. And usually you can find one subset that doesn't know how to do it. And their parents, the, the, the brothers or sister, brother or sister of the, the parent, comes up afterwards and said, Father, would you baptize our kids? Would you baptize our kids? We've been very busy. We haven't gotten around to it. Well, you can criticize them, but I would simply applaud them. 
for their openness to God's grace to let that seed, that example grow. They say, oh yes, we meant to get our kids baptized, we didn't do it. And if they come here, do you know what the answer is? Yes, yes, we'd be honored to baptize your children. If you know someone who couldn't get their kids baptized, have them come here, we'd be honored to baptize your children. We do everything according to canon law, so on and so forth. People will say, oh, well people have to do this, that, the other thing beforehand. Canon lawyers say the desire to have the children baptized is sufficient to have the right to have the children baptized any place. And they and you are very welcome here. And so that would be the second one. Then uh, they, they, may have, they may have roots, but then there are thorny things around that that's, give them grief. I was out at a funeral in the Midwest this week and a big family, big, immense wake, immense funeral and so on. The, uh, he lived to be 83, his wife found him in bed, kissed him and called 911 and so on. And then, uh, and she was very concerned, did she do this right, that, or the right or the other? Which everyone is, it's a very human response and humane response. But I noticed that was recurring, he'd only died three days ago, it was an immense meeting, everyone was gathering with everyone else, very few people were talking to her. And so I, used to, I kept sitting down with her and I tried to think of various worries she would have. You know, would she be worried that she hadn't done this? Would she be worried that she didn't have that? Would she be worried that she forgot to do something else? And so I tried to give her a vaccination against the first worry. I tried to give her a vaccination against the second worry and the third. And then I could see she was still querulous, so I tried to give her a booster shot against the first worry and a booster shot against the second worry and a booster shot against the third. And she isn't different from any of us. There is the human condition. In a sense, psychologists say we want to have control over something fine. The point is, we have to be there for each other, and it's very hard even to have trust in God when we face something so wholesale as our partner of 80, an 83-year-old partner of, for 60 years having died. There, we need each other. Think of the troubles of the church, the molestation crisis, how much we need each other. How many thorns there are around us that can strangle the plant. It could come to life and flourish but for the thorns. And so how important for us to brush those away and to be plants that assist our brothers and sisters to grow and simply to be themselves and to know of God's love and to know of our love as well. And then last of all, to be fruitful ourselves, to be fruitful ourselves, to take our children around and point out all the different things in the church, to take people new and asking about the faith and point out things in the church. I told some of you there was a fellow on campus who asked me about, was thinking of becoming Catholic, wasn't sure about Catholicism, but he was talking about St. Augustine, he was reading the Confessions. So I said, we have a great window of Augustine, sometime you want to show, I'd like to see that now. So we walked over and we walked to the window and then we talked about St. Augustine's journey, we talked about his journey. Before you knew it, the two were tied together, just as Augustine with Christ, you get the idea. And so that was two years ago on Holy Saturday, he entered the Catholic Church. Do you know what happened a year ago? I had taken them to the window this past year, Holy Saturday, he took me to the window. He said, Father Salzman, if you hadn't taken me here, pointing to the window of St. Augustine in the middle there, he then turned around and pointed at the rest of the church and all the people packed in for the Easter vigil. If you hadn't taken me here then, I would not be here now. He'd been going every Sunday into daily mass for a whole year.
That's the impact. If someone as bungling as I could have an impact on people, think of you who are much sharper than me. Think of the great impact you could have on everyone else here. We won't have 30 people or 32 people, we'll have 100, thanks to you, because of what fruitful soil you are and how you always flourish, but you will help us, your sisters and brothers, flourish as well. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.